Welcome back. 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here. I think some people woke up this morning seeing some headlines and were like, what is, wait, 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 what just what just happened? Uh what did the Wizards and the Capitals do? Uh a lot of headlines, a lot of stories out there involving this, uh, where basically the Wizards and the Capitals are eventually moving to Northern Virginia to help give us perspective on that. And we'll touch on a little commanders as they come off the bye week. You can check out his podcast, the Al Galdi podcast, also co-host of the Nats Chat Podcast. Download them where you can download your podcasts, Al Galdi. Aldi. Al, what's going on? Hey, Matt. How you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, so, obviously, the big news comes out this morning. What was your first reaction? Just what do you think, a broad view of this story that came out? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to sort of be thinking about with what's happening and why it's happening. I guess the first thing is this. So, it's not like 100% happening. It's interesting. There were two press releases that came out today. One was from... Uh, monumental sports and entertainment, and the other was from the office of Governor Glenn Youngkin. And each press release had a bunch of qualifiers, especially the one from Monumental, about, well, this is like a framework of an agreement, and the proposal still needs to be finalized, and there needs to be legislative approval, there needs to be completion of definitive documents. So this very much is an agreement. Now, does it look like it's going to be happening? Yes, uh, no doubt. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's like 100% that this is going to go down. For the longest time, I, I was sort of surmised this talk of Ted Leonsis moving Capitals and Wizards home games to Virginia was more posturing, was more negotiating, him trying to get a better deal from D.C. Now, you know, this thing has moved far enough to where now you really have to wonder, maybe Ted just prefers to be in Alexandria, but there still is at least a possibility of D.C. sort of making a save here. But I, I think what, what's fascinating is, I don't know if D.C. wants to. I, I, I think it's a very tricky situation to read. D.C. has been like asleep at the wheel in this situation. So you wonder, is D.C. okay with losing Wizards and Capitals home games because D.C. really wants to focus on getting the Commander Stadium back uh, in the district? So, like I said, there's a lot to be thinking about. There are a lot of layers to this, um, and this certainly developed quickly. I mean, it was back in November that the Washington Post had a report about Ted dissatisfaction with this Capital One Arena circumstance. Here we are now in December, and all of a sudden there's an agreement uh, for the team's home games to be in Alexandria, uh, you know, in four or five years here. So things uh, moved rather quickly. And I thought it was funny, yesterday the story starts coming out, and then all of a sudden we see the press release that gets announced that the D.C. mayor's in, uh, saying they're going to renovate Capital One Arena. They're going to make it better, and it feels like it's almost too little too late. Yeah, that's very much how it came off. And so you wonder, like, was that truly an effort to make a deal, or was that just uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser and Washington, D.C. trying to save face? You know, uh, it's, and, and again, I wonder about, like, did the city really want to keep the Caps and Wizards? Now, I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, you know, you're talking about 41 home games per season for each team, each regular season. Like, that would seem to be a lot of revenue that you're sort of punting on. Uh, and that area for Capital One Arena, the Penn Quarter area, the Chinatown area, is having a lot of problems. Uh, there, there's a lot of vacancy in terms of buildings. Uh, there's a crime issue, which actually is part of why I think Ted is moving Caps and Wizards home games away from there. But, like, I don't know if you're D.C. that you want to be saying bye-bye to the Caps and Wizards, but, you know, Ted did want a lot of money from D.C. He wanted uh, $600 million. And so, you know, I don't know what, what the, the numbers would say. Like, is it worth D.C.'s? time and money to spend $600 million to upgrade Capital One Arena. Like, are you going to be getting that revenue back, or are you better off, like I said, really focusing on the commanders, getting the commanders in D.C., and, and trying to make hay that way? Uh, but, yeah, this uh, this was 
not a, a situation where uh, things, at least right now, look very favorable for D.C. Um, I think the D.C. government looks bad. I think there's increased pressure, very much so, on Mayor Bowser and on the city to get that deal done with the commanders. And so I do think that this heightens the leverage for Josh Harris and the commanders when it comes to getting a stadium in D.C. For the longest while, the commanders have lacked leverage in their stadium situation. They're starting to get some now. And, uh, you know, I I think this does lessen the likelihood of the next stadium being in Virginia. But I do think that this increases the likelihood of the next stadium being where I think Josh Harris wants the stadium to be and where I know a lot of fans want the stadium to be, and that's in D.C. What's the early reaction you've seen from fans of the team down there? Are they sad? Are they unhappy? Because obviously it's not that far of a trip. You know, obviously it looks like it's about 30, 35 minutes to go down to Alexandria. But what's the early reaction from the fans you've seen? I think think it's more negative than positive, but I I sort of attach a caveat to that, which is, you know, in this world in which we live, nobody likes change, right? So, like, everyone complains about change, and then, you know, more often than not, like 10 minutes later, everybody gets used to the change. I I, I think there is, in uh, the area in which I live, which is like the immediate D.C. area, there is this sort of elitist attitude of, if you're not in the super immediate D.C. area, you're like in Mars. You know, and so there are people who live in my area who view Alexandria, Virginia, as like you know beneath them and so far away. And the truth is that it isn't. I, I think one of the things that people in my area need to sort of accept is times are different now. Things are different now, and so you know it's not 1983; it's 2023. Like the population of Alexandria, Virginia, is a lot larger today <laughs> than it was 40 years ago. Things are different, and so you don't have to be in D.C in order to appeal to a lot of your fan base. You don't have to be in D.C. in order uh, to generate big crowds at games. This is part of why when the stuff came out a year or so ago about the Commander's Next Stadium potentially being in, like, Sterling, Virginia, or Woodbridge, Virginia, or even Dumfries, Virginia, I I didn't dismiss those possibilities. And I I never said, like, oh, how could they do that? Like, no, demographics have shifted, population increased, like, you don't have to be in D.C. to do well. Now, I think ideally the Wizards and Capitals, teams of Washington, would be playing in Washington. And, you know, Capital One Arena for the longest time was a great home for the Caps and Wizards. And there are a lot of really good things about Capital One Arena. There are a lot of really good things about D.C. But look, if you're Ted Leonsis and you're a businessman and the situation with Capital One Arena has deteriorated and you have Governor Yonkin and Virginia courting you and appealing you and welcome appealing to you and welcoming you and you have this feeling which i know has been out there of mayor bowser is a lot more interested in the commanders than she is in the wizards and capitals you know put yourself in ted's shoes like what would you do now there, there's no halo over ted leonsis's head but like i can understand why he's doing this like i don't think it's crazy that he's doing this and you know this is kind of where we are so we're obviously down the line still, and, and this hasn't you know been official, as you said. Um, but what do you think they might do with Capital One Arena? Would they try and get another team? Would they try and get an expansion team, maybe? Well, uh, Ted at the presser this morning made it very clear that uh, monumental sports and entertainment is not abandoning Capital One Arena. And, you know, time will tell if that's lip service or not. But first of all, Monumental is now trying to move Mystics games to Capital One Arena. So, listen, that's not a net gain. You lose the Caps and Wizards, you gain the Mystics, but that is at least something. And Ted did talk up, hey, we're still in business with Capital One Arena. We still want to bring concerts and the like to Capital One Arena. Capital One Arena does still have 
uh, Georgetown basketball, although, you know, that's not exactly drawing a bunch of people these days. There's no doubt this is a major blow to Capital One Arena. But in terms of, like, what can be done, I don't know that there's much that you can do. I mean, you're not getting another NBA or NHL team in this area. Like, that's not happening. So, you know, if you are D.C. and you want the Caps and Wizards to still be there, and, and you know, this is re- basically a screw-up by the part of D.C. and not doing more to make sure that the Caps and Wizards did not leave, I think you got to do all that you can uh, to try to undo this deal. And you got to up your offer to Ted. And, uh, you know, you, you, you basically have to go back uh, you know, almost on your hands and knees saying, hey, Ted, you know, can we still make something happen here? But it's a tough spot. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I, I mentioned what's happening around Capital One Arena. Like, this is a very real thing. And this is not exclusive to D.C., but since COVID and the shutdowns, we've seen a lot of uh, buildings across the country, but especially in D.C., like have vacancies and there aren't people there. And so that area of D.C., again, that 10-quarter Chinatown area, which had been booming for years, isn't booming anymore. And so to have this blow now of 41 regular season Caps games gone, 41 regular season Wizards games gone, to say nothing of playoff games, you know, not that the Wizards are anywhere close to the playoffs, but the Caps have been a pretty consistent playoff team. Uh, that hurts. I mean, that, that would seem to be significant revenue that uh, D.C. is going to be losing out on. So, you know, I, I don't have, like, D.C.'s financials in front of me, right? But I would just think that this is a financial blow uh, to the district. So I, I think it's going to be hard to make up that money. So everybody who's going to the ACC men's basketball tournament this year, Capital One Arena, do spend a lot of money, please. Spend a $600 yeah. million dollar worth of money, <laughs> DC's right? DC's going to need it. DC's going to need it. I mean, it's going to end up being like a hodgepodge of stuff at Capital One Arena, like Mystics games, Georgetown games, you know, the occasional college basketball game that isn't Georgetown. I mean, there are like WWE events at Capital One Arena, but I mean, there are only a few of those a year. You do concerts, but again, like how many concerts are you going to have? Capital One Arena with the Caps and Wizards was a very busy place. Like there was almost always something happening there. If in fact it ends up being that the Caps and Wizards move their home games to Alexandria, that's going to be a major change for Capital One Arena. Not to mention, I was a big fan of the sports book that was there too. I thought that was really nice to put into that building. Yeah, and that's still there. So, so maybe there's more that can be done from a sports betting standpoint. You know, um, I, I don't think this is like necessarily the gloom and doom for Cap One, but this is a blow. I don't know how you dress it up any other way. I guess it just becomes a question of how much of a blow is. What's your best guess on where you think the Commanders are going? Is it definitely going to be DC now? Well, I don't think anything is definite. If I had to bet money, I'd say DC because I think that's what Josh Harris wants, and I think. Now, more than ever, that's what D.C. wants slash needs. I mean, from a public perception standpoint, Mayor Bowser's uh, legacy, to whatever extent that matters, takes a hit with this, right? If, in fact, the Caps and Wizards are gone. So if you can be the mayor who brings the Washington football franchise back to D.C., you know, that is something that you can tout. No question about that. So I think if you have the team wanting to do it and you have uh, the city now with increased impetus to want to do it, then that would seem to lend itself toward the deal actually happening. But, you know, nothing with D.C. is ever simple. A uh, few things with D.C. are ever easy. If you're going to do it on the RFK Stadium site, there is still this issue of that being federally owned land. The city itself does not own that land, although there is legislation now to try to change some of that. So we'll see. I mean, I would not assume anything. But, yeah, I think if you had to place a bet, I think D.C. is the number one contender. I think Maryland is still very viable and uh, at this point, I would put Virginia third just because I don't know that Virginia is going to be welcoming the Capitals, the Wizards, 
and the Commanders, although I guess it's possible. I mean, I guess you can't be entirely dismissive of that. Is it going to be whatever state gives them the moat that they wanted uh, in the renderings when they first drew this place up? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, the latest I heard is that the moat is not going to be a thing, although that would have been a lovely thing because that was like such a, a different thing. Although I don't know that that was a good thing. But yeah, I, I don't think it's the moat. I think if you put an S in there, it's the most money. I, I think that uh, nine times out of ten is what drives all of these things. So uh, whichever uh, city slash location gives the team the best deal, uh, I think that's a good bet for which uh, location ends up getting uh, the stadium. Talking with Al Galdi, and we'll wrap up in just a moment. Uh, you can check out his podcast, the Al Galdi Podcast, the Nats Chat Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Al Galdi. Let's go on the field with the Commanders. Obviously, everybody got a fresh breath of air last week. They didn't play. Um, they're coming back. What are you looking for? What do you want to see down the stretch? Well, I've talked about this on my podcast a bunch. I think the way for the rest of this season is Sam Howell plays well in each of the remaining four regular season games, and the Commanders lose each of the four remaining regular season games. Now, that's not an easy needle to thread, uh, but that can be the case, and I would love for that to be the case. I would love for Sam to play well and make it so that he is the QB1 moving beyond this season, but I think he has work to do in that regard. I think if the season ended now, you couldn't just say, okay, he's our guy moving forward. Like, no, I think you got to see more. You need to see better. Um, he at times has been really good, but there have been, there, there's been enough bad to where I don't think you could just feel certain, especially if you have a top-five pick of, yeah, Sam's our guy. We don't need a quarterback. So I do want to see Sam do well because I think the season is a success if he does do well and you do exit the season with him as your QB1 moving forward. But there's no point in the commanders winning any games anymore. Like, they're done. They can't have a winning record for this regular season. The team, as of now, would have the number four overall pick in the draft. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all for the team to get the number three pick, even the number two overall pick. And even if Sam proves himself worthy as a QB1 moving forward, there is so much good that could be accomplished by Washington making proper usage of a top four, top three, top two pick. When you think about a potential trade down, you think about getting maybe Marvin Harrison Jr., who is being viewed as one of the best receiver prospects in years. You think about getting... Uh, a great offensive lineman, you know, Olu Fashanu out of Penn State. So all kinds of good things could come from the commanders having a super high pick in that first round. So I really hope that that ends up happening. Uh, but look, rest of the season happens. We know the second the season ends, no later than a day or two after that, Ron Rivera is getting fired. There's going to be major football operations change. And that really is going to be the thing. Who does Josh Harris hire to run football ops? Who does that person hire to be the next head coach? Who does that head coach hire to fill out his staff? It's an odd deal, man. It's December, but this this feels like the preseason. Like these games don't really matter that much in terms of the outcome. Uh, at least you're not invested in the outcomes as much as you would be otherwise. But next month, which is usually right like the end, and you know the season is over. That's really when it all begins. Like January is going to be so busy and so important for the Commanders franchise. This hiring that Josh Harris is going to have to make of the next person to run player personnel is massive. I don't think you can overstate how big that is and who that person ends up being and what that person ends up doing. Uh, two huge things uh, that we'll obviously be talking about a lot. I'll ask you real quick. Do you think Eric Bieniemy's definitely gone? I don't think it's definite. I think it's more likely than uh, unlikely just because I think when you get a new head of football ops and then you get a new head coach, I don't think that new head coach is, especially if that person is an offensive minded coach is going to want to keep the enemy, but it is possible. And, and I would say this, if, Sam Howell plays really well the rest of this season, then it might be looked at as, hey, we got to keep this the enemy Howell thing together in some way. I mean, Eric potentially could be a candidate to be the next head coach. Like, I don't think that that's 
beyond the realm of possibility. But again, you got to see more and you got to see better. Like there needs to be more consistency with the offense. There needs to be a higher level of quality that we get from this offense on a game in game out basis. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say that there's no chance, but I don't think it's a high chance. I think you're probably looking at wholesale changes with the coaching staff and uh, with certainly the top portion of the front office. I mean, there might be like some scout types who are kept, but I think, you know, Ron Rivera gone, Martin Mayhew gone, Marty Herney gone. I think a lot of these guys are going to be gone. Al Galdi podcast, episode 719 coming out today. And uh, don't forget the Natch Chat podcast, especially when baseball starts getting talked about more. Al, we always appreciate the time. Happy holidays. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Same to you.